Welcome to the I Remember When podcast, a show where I, Sean, sit down with my dad, Glenn, as he recounts his life stories of the last 60 years. G'day and welcome to another episode of I Remember When. I'm Sean. And I'm Glenn. Uh, last episode, we discussed the people that you were in the army apprentice school with. Yeah, we covered some of the people. We, we not jumped, everybody, obviously. No, we jumped. We jumped all over the place. <laughs> really. we got, as we, got we always bit, do. As we always, yeah. We covered a, a few of the people that were in the rooms that I lived in, and a few of the people yeah. that were in other in our class, but in from class, from a different a company. Platoon, yeah, a couple of people from different uh, troops in our different in, trades yeah, as well. Yeah, we covered covered a few different things, but. By a long, long, long way, we didn't cover everyone that we. Oh, I think we, we haven't even broken um, so we the top even, of the iceberg. We, we may end up back that way, then yeah. But I think at one episode we discussed the symbols and the meanings of some of the symbols that are in the army parent school. I know we discussed about the stickers you guys getting, have been yep. getting for the back yep. of your cars yep. and what's, I know, what's we've that got about. Photos up there. there are photos yep. up on, on so, Instagram. So um, we, the army apprentices, of all—they're uh, not. You don't have to know these people. You just have to know that they were an apprentice. Yeah, that's and right. You, you automatically link to them. So a lot of these guys now that are getting a bit old in the bo- in the tooth, uh, and I did mention we had a big reunion a couple of weeks back down, yeah. in, down in Albury. Um, there was quite a few people turned up. I've got to download the photos for it, it but I'll put them up. Now, these guys travelled from all around Australia, and most of them took a long period of time, some yeah, of them six long. weeks yeah. to get there. Some of them, two weeks later, are still travelling home. They've decided to go elsewhere. Oh, um, good on them. I mean, yeah. they're at that point where they can do it, so, yeah. yeah fuck so, them, somebody not? in their wisdom, um, now, the tax sign's not new, but the tax sign we use is new. Um, so, in their wisdom, decide we would use tax signs. Uh, tax yeah, signs yes. are ways of identifying units in the in the defence force. Oh, good, because I was going to so, say, what is a tax sign? Um, there's all different methods of doing that. Now, getting away from the story there, when I went to Townsville, our tax sign up there was a picture of a black duck. Oh, okay, right. Now yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's some of them are numbers. Uh, yep. There's all different types of tax signs to identify the unit you're in. Yeah. So um, it's it's a, a symbol that is specific to that... To that unit. That if, unit if you're in the group. know and you see that symbol, you know who they are. Yeah, correct. You don't have to get any other identification. You see that, that tax sign and you know who that unit is. So I haven't yeah. had a great deal to do with army stuff like that. Would it be the same as like a squadron logo for the RAF? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Even when the scouts, you you had different. Oh yeah, our scouts. patrol you patrol groups with scarf, different scarf yeah, okay, and all that. Radio. Okay, so your scarf in the, in the scouts was like a tax sign. Yep. Um, okay, so it's just so an identifying. It's marker. an identifying thing. And would so, that go on your uniform, or is that strictly like a? Oh, it, again, it depended on a, on like our black duck was on a plaque. Some guys get around and actually got a tattoo, got a thing of an eagle. Yeah, and that's one of the commando units. Um, stuff like yep. that. It it really depends. It's it, so it's like the dagger, the winged dagger for the yeah. SAS. That's a yeah. tax sign, or that's well, that's that's a core badge. But okay, in a right, way, yes, it, in a way, it's still a tax sign. Okay. Um, but um, it's 
it, uh, it covers a great wide thing, but it's it's an emblem of some description that describes who they are. Right. Okay. Um, so the people that come up with this one decided that um, there were like on on fixed things there can be a marking on there, like having a number plate on your car. Yep. That can have a marking on the vehicle. Yep. To identify those. And we took that and turned it into something that apprentices were, could recognise and go with. And that meant your intake number. Yep. And the year you were in for intake. Yeah, okay, yep. So I was a 30th intake yep. in 1975. Yep. So our tax sign is 30 over 75. Yep. They're on a square patch. They vary in size and that. A common one will be 6 inch by 6 inch. Then they're coloured. And they've got badges on them. So a uh, straight-out army apprentice will just have 35 over 75. Uh, 30 over 75. It'll be in green and gold. Yep. And it'd have an army apprentice badge on it. Yep. Um, green and gold because of the colours of the That was the army, army apprentice ba- colours. They were the, specifically the army apprentice colours. army apprentice colours were green and gold. Yeah. Huh. Um, so then if, for instance, I went... When my core was... Uh, engineers, Royal Australian Engineers, and they are maroon and blue, royal blue. Yep. So if I had a tax sign that was in uh, the red and the blue, it would have 30 over 75, and it would have a picture of the Army Apprentice School badge, and it would have a picture of uh, an engineer's badge. Yep. If you went to Ramey, Ramey were a similar colour but different bandwidths for the colours. Yep. Um, and they would have the Ramey badge on it, Royal Australian Electrical and Mechanical Engineers, and the yep. Army badge, and the same thing. Um, so there's different combinations of those things, but the, the the giveaway item is the number over the number. So yeah, if you see that on a vehicle, that's we call that a spotto, and yep. you get on the uh, Facebook page for the Army apprentices, and you say spotto today, um, and you put a photo up of it. Yep. Um, and if the person that had that on there happens to see it, he'll notify you and say, yeah, that was me, you know? Yep. Or you better you pull them over. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Hey, yeah, yeah, pull them over. Come on, yeah, you go. And, yeah, and you, you pull them over and talk to them. I have got one photo up there that's got 30 over 75, but next door is a 28 and 29, which is actually the site site uh, numbers for the caravan park. There's a site 29 and site 28. Ah. This guy was a 30... 30th, 30th intake, intake in, in 1975, and he was parked in 30, site number 30. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. So yeah. he sort out his yeah. intake number. Okay. Right. Um, the Another part of Spotto thing is that um, if you go to a restaurant, and or not restaurant really, to a cafe where they give you a table number. Yep, you give you a bistro table number. Yep. You always try to get your, your intake, intake number, number, and you take a photo and put it up on his right. page. Uh, it's just a yeah, just a fun little game for everybody to keep in touch with each it, other. It's and just a method that keeps everybody in touch. Now we've yeah. got a really, really dedicated um, group of people run the Army Apprentice School Association. They are some of them are very old, some of them are very young, but they're very dedicated people to run that, and they're they're involved partly in this. We have the thirtieth intake Facebook page. There's a bloke that's extremely dedicated. To that he runs that he's the whatever they call it that runs that page the moderator yep yeah he runs that page so if you do anything wrong he's the one that's going to tell you to get off or yep. change it or fix it or d- delete it or whatever and then there's a lot of other sites if if anybody does get interested in this side of the thing you know, it's 
there's just so many places on Facebook that you can go to to look up who who and what the army was about. Yeah, I, I tried to get and look at a few of them. There's only a handful of them that are public. Yes, you have to apply to join most of them. Yeah. But uh, some of them do have a visitor's viewing page so you can see what it's about first. Oh, okay, right. Um, army, the Army Apprentice School Association, definitely. You can go on that site there yep. and you can view stuff. But it does have a, a member's login where you go in and you can find yeah. out other more detailed stuff, which normally relates to membership and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. I'm fairly certain you can get on there and look at enrolments. You can see people that... Oh, shit. You can see enrolment lists for all the years that was there. You can go to their photo album and see their photos, but you can't go to Vales and see who's died, which they have an extensive list of, of those that have gone. Yep. And... It's, That's the impressive part, yeah. that they've kept kept track of... Well, it's, it's almost... Effectively in, all of his. It's almost like it's our duty that if we know that one of our guys is gone, that we notify these people and they put it up. Yeah. It's almost like it's you have to do it as Again, as, as big as it was, it's still a very close-knit community of people who all shared a very similar experience. Like, You'll notice I sent you something the other day and you couldn't open it. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what I can do to get it. Somebody else sent it to me and it was... To me specifically, and I can't open yep. it. I'll show you later. Um, it tells you exactly what we're about. Yeah, it explains, and it's not talking about just apprentices' army or anything else. It's talking about a group of people, how they bond and why. And also, I read a real good thing this morning in reference to yesterday, eleventh of November, of what it means to be a soldier, uh, yep. which I've never seen written before, and it was extremely good. I don't know whether the guy wrote it himself or whether he's just republished it. But it was extremely okay. Good. Well, if you can find that as well, yep, we'll yep. take both mm. of them and we'll we'll put them yep. up on Instagram. And we'll, I'll make them like the the pinned, yep, pat like pinned post. Yeah. So they're the first thing that people see when they come to the page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I'm not trying to make people believe in what I believe in, not a, not at all. But I think it's important that people understand why we are like we are and what we think and how we feel. How you think, how you feel, yeah. what you believe yeah. in, yeah. like. And I'm not trying to to draw any attention to anyone or cry port anyone or anything else like that. I'm not trying to do any of that sort of stuff. I'm just passing on you what it yeah. was like, you know. So if people are interested in that, now I see they can have a look. So yeah, that's that's Spoto and our tax sign. Now, one of the other things that you'll see is a crab. <laughs> okay. Right, so I I know what a crab, what the crab is about. Yeah. But, well, okay. You've told stories about crabs and crab night and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't think I fully understand what crabs <laughs> okay. are about, but why crabs? I I really don't know when it started, but it became tradition that 100 days before graduation was crab night. So um, <laughs> in your second year, when it's 100 days from your graduation, yeah, we used to have crab night. That's such a long period of time. That's what I mean. I don't understand the full reasoning <laughs> behind it. I don't know who picked 100 days but or why. But it's tradition and we stick to it. Oh, uh, look, it's, it's, it, it is. And it's there's maybe one of the reasons why it's still hard and fast is one of the things that happened on it. It's like when you're leaving school and you have muck-up days. Yeah. That's what, that's what crab day is. Oh, crab day was just it's, a muck-up day. It was a muck-up day. Right. And it could consist of anything. Anything goes. We used to get up to all sorts of mischief. But in one particular year, three guys pulled down a flagpole and they took it across the Nepean Highway and they were going to set it up across the Nepean Highway and raise, mm. a, raise a flag on it. Yeah. In the process, they hit high-tension wires and oh, blew themselves fuck. up. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'll now, right on the edge of the Nepean Highway. There's a monument to them guys. Oh shit! And there's another monument somewhere else for them too. In I don't know what happened to it when the place was closed or anything where it moved to, but apparently the monument's still there, and I think it will be at the front gates. Yep. It's a monument to those three guys. Now they wasn't all three died. I think two died. One lost his feet. But that was what they were doing on Crab Night. Yep. They were mucking up. They were shifting the flagpole. Fucking hell. Um, Funny joke until they hit the power until lines. Until they hit the power lines, yeah. And, and I think that yep. sort of thing served as that's it. We're having it forever type of thing, you know? That's yeah, right. Happen. It's oh, it's there's, there's way too many things to go into. We've had things like guys turned it up in Bendigo and trashed Bendigo. <laughs> That seems a little too far. <laughs> well, it's like it's like muck-up days at school. They've gone overboard. Now, the seniors at my school when I was in fourth form, they did a video on theirs, and their video was extremely good for technology of this time. They, they were all in cars, driving all around the place, and there was no car, and they were seated. Excellent. That's very yeah, good. That was, that was their deal then. That's funny. That's clever. That was funny. It was clever. Um, other ones they had, um, they dug a big hole down the backyard and turned it into a mud hole and took all the teachers <laughs> and threw the teachers in it. You know. That was starting to overstep the mark, except yeah. found out later that the teachers had, had agreed to it. agreed you know. to it, okay. Um, That's okay then. Yeah. But then, like all other things, it's, they just get out of control. One-upmanship and, and it gets yeah. out of hand. Yeah. And I heard one the other day from, from friends who went to a particular high school in Lake Macquarie. We won't mention the name of said high school. It's pretty funny in hindsight, but it's very malicious. They put manure on all of the fan blades in the oh, classrooms. Now that's just funny. So the teachers have walked in and gone, well, it smells a bit in here, and turned the fans on and spread manure everywhere. Funny, as, but then someone's going to clean As long as we're talking about cow manure, not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, then you get to the opposite end of the spectrum where it, the, the gag at another school was they drove their cars onto the football field and tore it to pieces. Yeah, that's no good. That's malicious damage. That's right. There's a difference between having good, fun, clean pranks and malicious damage, and it's not funny when it's malicious damage. Yeah. When you spread cow shit around a classroom, that's the matter of just clean it up. You tear up the football field. That costs money to repair. That's a lot of money to repair. Yeah. 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 That's too far. And that's that's what's happened to most of these things. They've all all gone too far. Now, while nobody got hurt, it still incurred like a monetary cost to repair it. Yeah. It cost somebody somebody else money to fix it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so the third, the, the, the crab night thing uh, typically would be just a silhouette of a crab with a number in the middle. The number would be your intake Your year. intake number, yeah, okay. Um, oh, your intake year or your intake number? No, your intake number, not your okay, year, right. just your number. So it would have been, for you, it would have been just 30. 30. Yeah, okay. 30 of crab. Now, on Facebook, again, often we'll see the 30th crab or a crab with a number in it turn up. Yeah. And it's, it's all over the place. Yep. There's even, I think somewhere in Australia, there's the big crab. Yep. Somebody managed to transpose (laughs) their number over the top of it. In the most remote pubs in Australia, you'll find a wall somewhere in that pub that will have apprentice apprentice tax signs and crabs on it. There you go. I have seen so many outback pubs on Facebook from guys that are travelling. And there's actually, the guy that produces these tax signs for us is a, a fabulous man that just... He puts an order in every month, and there's like a lot, a lot of orders every month. Excellent. Guys are actually getting Little, an inch thick yeah. of these things, and they Holy carry them with shit. them, and they put them everywhere. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't get on board with that. Um, we used to do something similar with different stickers, but yep. yeah. Now, 
just lately, this guy started producing small crab signs with your number in it. Yep. And you take a pile of them with it, and, if, and you stick it over the top of someone else's tax sign. Ooh, that's cheeky. <laughs> you don't cover it up. No, 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 You no, stick no. it on it. Yeah, um, that's cheeky. And to the point now where guys are doing it to tax signs on cars, vehicles, <laughs> it's, it's probably... Inch and a half by an inch and a half. Yeah, it doesn't cover big, up the thing, and the, the idea is not to cover it up. No, no, no. It's to say, hey, I've seen you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we so. had a similar thing in Ventures in Scouts. We, um, Cardiff Scouts, had their symbol was a spider web. And you can still go to heaps of scout halls around, yep. around Australia, and you'll see in a corner somewhere or hidden away just a spider web. Yep. Like hand drawn spider web. Yep. A Cardiff venture at some point has been there yep, and, and, and done it. Yep, or, I definitely understand the the idea of leaving your mark behind. Like, well, that, that's another story later on about dingoes. <laughs> How many babies were eaten during the process of this? Oh, uh, uh, she was in court when it was done on the courthouse steps of Darwin. Oh, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> okay, I made a joke uh, for legal reasons. This is a joke, but holy crap, really? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a long way off when it went to Darwin. Wow. Yeah. Oh, look, that's, that's full on. That's because that uh, in Townsville, our mascot was a dingo. Yeah. And we um, had stencils that nearly everybody could get anywhere yep. at any time, and you had to be black paint. Yep. Black, and you used to carry the stencil around the can of black spray paint. And spray them. And you'd yep. spray it on everything. Originally, started off. That was our tax on for that unit, yep. and we would spray it on uh, our gear that was yeah. being transported. Yeah, so you, yep. yeah, so you could identify it. Um, and then it got to spraying it on vehicles, and then it got spray it on and yep. got to uh, when you went away, you sprayed it sprayed on things when you were away. Else or, and, yep. um, one guy happened to be in Darwin on a work, work job and got a bit drunk and he spray painted Ooh. a few around. He actually hit a helicopter. Now, you're not allowed to spray paint... No defense aircraft. No, no, well, any you're aircraft. Not, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to spray defense aircraft with any paint. It's a special. Yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, air, any aircraft is a special. It's yeah. a special paint. Oh, this guy has hit the helicopter oh. up there, and the pilots went crooked him, and and they said, "Now clean it off." And they gave him the right type of paint and said, "Now you put it on." <laughs> ah, good on him. Good on him. So he, they went crooked not because he did it, but he went, they went. They thought it was very clever yeah. to get to where he didn't do it because he breached a lot of security to get there. Oh fuck! <laughs> um, oh no, that's a big story later on. Um, we'll come back to that one later on down the track. Yeah, yeah Darwin, that's wild. Three months in Darwin was like three years of my life. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You got really crooked, Darwin, didn't you? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I thought you hit. Um... The humidity fucked you up. No. No? No, we used to Is play that... touch football at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the hottest part of the day. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Where, what am I thinking of? Um, when I went to Gerald and got Kazarek there because I stabbed myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay, right here. No, heat's never affected me. I, I, I love the heat. I thought the heat got... The, not the heat, the humidity. Specifically, no, the humidity fucked you up. I love yeah. the heat and humidity. I love it. Oh, fuck I, that. Yeah, I love it. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, so there's a little, Talk bit, a lot of of, about little bit of background into our... Um, our symbols, our, our tax signs and symbols and stuff like that. And so the reason I mention this now is, one, because they exist, and two, because people will see them. There's, you will not yeah. travel around Australia and not see them. You it's, will see them. It's a case now, if anybody's listening to this, is going to start seeing yep. them more and more frequently because yeah, you'll, you're now you're, you'll yep. spot one and you'll start looking yep. out for them. Now, I'm sure people have been to RSLs and seen all the plaques. Yep. That's, that's yep. the origins and the plaques consist uh, or exist 
in Army, Navy, and Air Force. Yeah. Police force have gone. Everybody's gone. So you go to an RSL and they're bound to be a yeah. wall full of them there somewhere. Yeah. But this is a different thing. Again, this is stickers and they're tax signs for, for who we are and what we are and everything. And um, some of these outback pubs, they they buy your beer for putting them up, you know. Yeah. They, they, they want oh, you to put you them go. up. Now, yeah. that's an interesting point. You're talking about RSLs. I've been to a lot of RSLs in my time, particularly now that I work in that industry. I've never seen anything about an army apprentice school in any RSL. We did have a plaque, but I don't know of anybody that bought one specifically to put up, whereas all the other units, they produce them specifically to, to do go that. up there. Yeah, yeah. okay, fair um, enough. Ours were presented to us. The ones in there, the normally office. that's... Hey? Yours is hanging up in the office? I've got... No, that was... I've got one out there, but that's... That was that was a one we manufactured ourselves. The uh, factory produced ones. They're normally made for that purpose to, to put to out put out. Yeah, some, okay, it's right. um, it's a it's not for an individual presentation. Although they yep. do do it for individual presentation, it's more of a, a um, presenting to an institution or a place or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. The army apprentice one, they will be around somewhere. Somebody would have. Had some a lot of guys that got them for themselves. Like uh, Victoria, yeah, I suppose. Um, they give it away themselves. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think I've ever seen one in an RSL now. Yeah, that's mm. really weird. I mean, maybe, maybe like closer to where the the school was, they might be an RSL that yeah. has one. But so we we had the keys to the city for Mornington. There's yep. bound to be one in Mornington somewhere. But, have to go down and have a look. Mm. I suppose an RSL sort of is typically dedicated to that region isn't it they usually house memorabilia from people who served from that area so like belmont rsl would have anybody that and was associated with belmont yeah. and things like that yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 local yeah history. That's it's local point. history that would be why yeah so <laughs> keys to the city that's where the the town committee present you with the yep. right of the city which the most important part of that is that we're allowed to bear arms in the main street. You're allowed to just open carry? Well, they're not loaded, of course. No. In fact, I don't think they even had their bolt in them. Um, oh, but, wow, okay. But you can't just march down the street of any place... No, of course ...carrying not. a rifle. Or when you get today. keys to the city, you're entitled then to march down the street carrying a rifle. There you go. I never understood the importance of keys to the city. I know that they yeah. talk about it in movies and TV and yeah. all the bullshit under yeah. the sun, but... Never understood the importance of it. Yeah, it's, it means your what you are is significant in the town. Yeah, right. There you go. So we had to do a march through town for that. As we know, I was so small in the army. Yes. When we got issued with our uniforms, one uniform they don't issue you with on the day you have to go back and be fitted for is what they called service dress. It's an army suit. Yeah, it's your service dress uniform. It's a, no, well, see, you had battle dress, which was... Uh, the short-coated um, yeah. uniform, like the wolves type, yeah. type one. But service dress, yes, it's... It's, it's a your ceremonial ceremony. uniform. It, well, it's not necessarily ceremonial, but it's a suit that you wear for special occasions. Yeah. Right? Well, when you do that march, it had to be in service dress. And I never got issue of service dress because I was too small. So I used to use it. <laughs> Every time they had to do a march... And it was in service dress. I go, oh, sorry, but I don't have one. <laughs> and I used to get out of doing all these marches. You never had to do any of the marching. Yeah. And, and there was 
how come you haven't got service? Go down and get an issue straight away. And they go down and they go, no, sorry, we can't fit you. You're too small. It's pretty much they don't like you look like a shitbag yeah, in of service dress. Of course. They don't care if you look like a shitbag in any other yeah. uniforms, but they don't want you looking like a shitbag. No, because that is the yeah. outward-facing yeah. example of the the unit. Now, there's, I'll put a photo up of me in my polyester uniform. Yep. Now, that was one that you march in ceremonial yeah. parades as well. And I look like a bag of shit because that was the was smallest yeah. they had. It was still too big for you. Of course. I had a great coat that I couldn't wear. We still have that great coat. We've still I've got worn that great coat several times, and I can't fit in it now. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but back then, yep. it was like because they're stiff and hard. Yeah, I could stand it up and walk in and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd believe that. That's yeah. pretty funny. Um, so service dress was just not on. I didn't. It was. It, I, would, I looked yeah. like a bag of shit, and so I wasn't allowed to have it. Um. And that continued on. That's really interesting that they and, wouldn't give it to you because you were and too small. When I got to Perth, I used that excuse over there on another big, big parade over there. Yeah. And I got in heaps and heaps of trouble about it. And I was sent to the army tailor. You got one tailor made? I went to the army tailor Hell and they yeah. tailor made it for me. And I goes, Yeah, for sure. And he said, Yep, yeah, that's what I got to do. So they they tailor made service stress Hell for me. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, but around that time is when my growth spurt started. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, it didn't stay tailored it didn't for very stay long. Fit, didn't stay a nice fit for very long. Um, yeah, I, I, I took off at that stage then, but also did drinking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Um, so this is now at a point where you're out of the Army Apprentice School? No, yeah, oh, yeah, this is yeah. a long time later. Yeah, yeah, okay. long time. But uh, the significance was that uh, yeah. I got out of doing this uh, march through Mornington. For a long time, by the sounds time, of it, yeah. Um, even to the point where I was getting out of um, uh, funeral parades, doing funerals. Yeah, right. Um, until the, uh, the squadron sergeant major said, no, nah, no, nah, that's it. He said, you just wear pollies and you're a hat bearer. <laughs> so hat bearer stands. Yeah. And when the, the camouflage party or the, the funeral, the coffin bearer's they march past you, and they just stack their hats on top of yours. Yep. Uh, on top of it, and then when they're finished, they march past you yeah, and take them back off. Them back so off. you're the hat bearer. Yeah. Um, so that was my job. I had to stand there rock solid for about an hour and a half, holding this pile of hats. Yeah, cop that. <laughs> yeah, cop getting yeah. out of bloody any duties because yeah. you don't have a dress uniform. But yeah, now stuff you. You can stand there because that's a, that's a tough gig too. Like you oh, still yeah. have to stand there, stop still. Well, that particular funeral then was that was in Perth as well, when we were doing the rehearsals for it, <laughs> the bottom fell out of the bloody coffin. <gasps> You're <laughs> and, kidding! Oh, this is practice. It's a practice, practice one, practice. I know, but, but the still bottom like... fell out of it. It was full of sandbags. So what they do when they're doing practice, they fill it up with yeah. roughly the weight of the, the, the what's body, going to be yeah. in it. Yeah, and man, he was a big boy. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> he was that big? It pushed the bottom out of the bloody fuck, rehearsal yeah, the practice coffin. coffin. Shit. Yeah. So when the boys did the bloody the funeral, they were they were puffing and panting when they finished. I they bet were, they did. Holy yeah. crap! He was a big boy. Who was it for? We weren't ever to know. We we really no, we didn't. Have, we weren't to know all that. They, you never did a funeral for someone you knew. Oh no, of course not. So we were never to know who was in the coffin. There you go. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. All we knew was he'd been brought from Queensland and he was being buried in Perth. Of course, we saw his family, but they meant nothing to us. Yeah, they meant nothing to us. Yeah, yeah. but. Sure. Mm, wow. Okay. Mm. 
Because, I mean, they don't give military well, funerals to just anybody. He was obviously somebody. Oh, no, no, no. He, but... No, no. He was considered killed in on duty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, he was con- he was considered to have been killed in duty. Yeah, it's, it wasn't something special. Those sort of funerals went on a fair bit. Oh, okay. There you go. Not killed in action funerals, FYI. No. Just, just military funerals in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not talking... Not a lot of people died in action... During that time period, I'm assuming. No, not at that. Not not then. No. Um, this guy turned out in the end. We found out that he'd actually committed suicide. Oh fuck! Yeah. Okay, there you go. And to save save face, face for the family, they, he was killed in a, killed on duty. Yeah. yeah. Accidental misfire. Yeah, so uh, we did not only we do all our rehearsals all the time for our graduation parade. Part of our practice for the graduation parade was to do these other parades. Yeah, correct. Because everything else other than that was rehearsal. Yep. We would go out and do... We, we marched through Perth a few times, and uh, through Melbourne a few times, but not yeah. me. Yeah, because you didn't have <laughs> uniform. Yeah. So what did you do for when it came to graduation? You just wore pollies? Well, graduation parade for pollies was pollies. Oh, okay. Uh, graduation right. service for the end of the year, that was... Was pollies. That was in pollies. Okay. Some of the stupid things we did. Yeah. <laughs> I told you about sending the guy into the Frankston fishing pier to buddy get yeah, fish farts. Yeah, fish farts, yep. So we decided to go in there one day. I had the car and I think four of us piled in the car. And we went into the pier there. And for some unknown reason, we decided to go out the end of the pier. And there was a big derrick at the end of it. It was fairly high. And I put on a crash helmet and climbed to the top of it. Mm. And I stood on the top of that and I'm screaming at the three other guys on the bottom. If you try to get me down, I'm going to jump. <laughs> Why? So, yeah, Why? Just because we could. <laughs> it makes no sense. So we end up with this huge crowd of people. <laughs> <laughs> All watching this stupid turd stand at the top of this thing. Shouting if you try and get I me sort of had this thing jump. about climbing up stuff. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, there's everybody... Doing that, um, the night that we went to the pitches, the buddy fell over in the middle of the road on drunk. First time we ever had a drink, the buddy <laughs> fell over in the middle of the road and holding up cars. Another time we went into Frankston, it was it was night time. So I was sitting on the windowsill of the driver's side and I got my hands out the window on the roof of the thing, waving to all the cars. And another guy was operating the buddy paddles and the third guy was, was turning oh the steering wheel. <laughs> Just driving down the road. Menaces to society. <laughs> Waving everyone. People couldn't see what was going on because everyone's below the dash except for me. I'm yeah, you're hanging out the top. Yeah. yeah. Went to, um, there's a place down there at Mount Dramana. There's a chairlift. Yeah. And we just go down and get on the chairlift and go up and down the chairlift. Down. Well, one day I took my car down there and we're going to have a race up and back. So as soon as someone got on the chairlift and took off, they take off. And I race them up the road to the top of the hill, try and beat them to the top of the hill. And usually it was about a draw. <laughs> yeah, right by the, the time you time. got up there, yeah. yeah. This is a pretty steep, windy yes. road and everything else. And then I race them coming back down. And, yeah, about two-thirds of the way down, we had no brakes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what did you do to stop? Let me guess. You used a log at the end of the road. No, we just like used... the old days. No, no, just used the gears. Oh, far out. <laughs> and slowed down. Yeah, poor gearbox. <laughs> oh, it was no way... It was... 
because it was an old Valiant land, <laughs> it didn't. It, yeah. didn't ha- it only had just the old hydraulic brakes. It didn't have power yeah. assisted or anything else like that. And the brakes got that hot going down the hill. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't faded work out anymore. Yeah, and had no brakes. Far out. No, you're talking about using gears to slow down. One of the guys I used to do rovers with. You remember Big Tall Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. When he was learning to drive. <laughs> They were on their way to a scout event, and and his dad decided that he was going to do a driving lesson during this time. So it's Andrew in the driver's seat, his dad in the passenger seat teaching him driving. In the back of the car was Chocolate full of scouts. <laughs> <laughs> they were driving down the freeway at 110, because... He was doing he was it illegally. Do- yeah, he was doing it illegally. He was practicing. He was practicing. I don't think he'd hit 110 at that point. He was told he could change up a gear to get to his 110. Yeah. <laughs> but he missed the gear and put it down. <laughs> so all of a sudden... All sketch in the front. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets better. Fucking revved the freckle out of me. He went from fourth to third. So, and then Doc's gone, what the fuck have you done? What's going on? And Andrew panicked and fucking grabbed the gear stick and just pulled back on it. In the second. In the second. Fucking <laughs> 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 near put pistons through the engine oh, block. Shit. Everybody in the back's ended up in the <laughs> and They've just gone from doing like 100 down to 40 in the space of no time at all. <laughs> on the freeway. So it's a block full and of cars. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and nearly just rode off an entire car of scouts. Emergency stopping. <laughs> I wasn't involved in that one. That was before my time. But yeah, I've been told that one a couple of times. When we went anywhere, we stay on a bus. As apprentices, at times we went in trucks, but if it was, if it wasn't like going technical type of thing, if we yeah, were just going yeah. out, we'd go in a bus. It was easier to get that many guys around in a bus than Absolutely. it was in a truck. Yeah, of course. more in a bus, and the buses used to be driven by old civilian drivers. Oh, yeah, they were civilians driving the old army buses. At times you got army guys driving yeah. them, but when you had a bulk move like that, they had every vehicle out. You know, yep. trucks would be out carting gear, gear and yep. the bus would be carting the apprentices. People. And, but he, the old, someone was making a noise in the back of this bus and the old guys turned around and he's yelled out and told us all to fucking shut up. I can't fucking hear the engine revving. Because <laughs> he used to drive, a lot of old guys used drive to drive. by ear. Drive by, a lot of old guys drove by ear. There's no taco in the bus, and then, oh, okay. and they would drive, and they would listen to the that tells you your revs. Yeah, they would listen to they would listen to the engines. And listen got, to the engine. So everyone's going room. Okay, you guys are scumbags for doing it. It's his fault for telling you that's what he was doing. So, oh shit. Fable of the stories: Never tell an apprentice not to do something. Yeah, never tell a <laughs> bunch of kids not to do something. We were on a bus. We will do it anyhow. We were on a bus coming home from a dragon skin one year, taking us from the campground to the train station, and it was a long drive. Like it was, it was an hour and a half at minimum, and we decided that the bus trip was boring, so we decided to sing songs. And being, you know, between the ages of 14 and 18, we don't know a lot of words, do a lot of songs. So we were all over the shop. I think we sang Foot Rock Flats. We sang Bohemian Rhapsody. But it was only ever, like, the first yeah, couple yeah, seconds of yeah. it until we got to 99 bottles of beer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we did all 99 bottles. <laughs> and then we are like, well, shit, we'll have to do it again. 
Oh. And the bus driver turned and said, don't you dare, I'll pull the bus over if you start again. <laughs> and so we did. And, and, <laughs> and he pulled the bus over. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is the most boring song I know. That is, that is, that's mind-numbing. We, we, had, we had a good run of, uh, on a different trip, we had a good run of... 99 bottles of beer, but instead of you take it down and put, take it down, and you put it back up, and 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Still it, and you just keep cycling over on the 99 bottles, and that went for a long time too until the driver said, "Enough's enough." Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, there's so much more to tell about the army parents. Absolutely. Give me a give me a hint where to go to. We'll go back to to. Signs and symbols and stuff of the Army Apprentice School. Yep. I know what the engineer's badge looks like, but what was the one for the Army Apprentice School? Does um, it have a specific badge or does it... Yeah, it does. It's um, it's a gear. gear like ah, a, a gear, a, okay. A gear, big round gear with cross swords for it. Yep. Crown on the top. And it's to it's to represent trades. Okay. The, the, sim, the, the gear is a symbol of trades and that there's a few other smaller things in here and that it, it they they're all symbols that represent trades okay then uh, oh so it's, it's the gear gear wheel has, is the main body yep and then there's other there's symbols cross around it, it and there's other little tiny symbols on them that represent all the other trades yeah that's very clever it's the, that's the cool. gear okay gear, the gear wheel like it's not a rifle because it's it's not about rifles. yeah it's, correct it's not um horses it's nothing else yep. it's, it's a gear wheel which represents trade yep and the cross swords means defence force. Defence force, yeah, because yeah, the, the cross swords is one that's common through a lot of yeah. Them. The cross swords um, are, is defence force. Yeah, correct. Because I've never seen that one before. Now, now that I think about it, I've only ever yes, seen. Yes, yeah, it's on the back of my truck. Oh, I have. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That, but like as a kid, I remember seeing like the engineer one you've got oh, with, right, yeah, yeah. with your twenty two. Was that twenty two company or twenty two? Twenty two construction construction squadron. squadron. Yeah, I remember seeing that one all the time because it was in the house. Well, so yeah, twenty two construction squadron was a a part. Of engineers, okay. engineers has got a badge. Um, okay. Ramey has a badge. Yep. Catering crew has a badge. Um, Signals yep. has a badge. There's there's badges, oh, there's for, badges the for, there's yeah, badges yeah, yeah, for the cause. There's badges for the cause, but then there's breakdowns, of course. So, twenty two construction squadron was a part of twenty two. In in at the time in in engineers there was construction squadrons. There was engineer squadrons. Engineers being field engineers, not bloody any technical. There was signals at one stage was part of engineers, but I don't think it was anymore. Signals was a part of engineering? Yeah. Okay. And then inside all those things, you've had plant operators, you had field engineers, you had tradesmen, you had clerical staff. Inside the engineers themselves, there's a whole pile of stuff. A whole heap of other stuff as well. There was another side branch of it too called regional engineers. They were the ones that organised all construction work throughout the the army establishment. So anything that had to be contracted out or anything that needed to be built or anything else like that. Right, okay. There was... And in any of those, there's a lot of little branches of all of it. So, yeah, okay then. But I think engineers is probably the most diversified, but it covers the well, most yeah, trades. Well, yeah, it would, I guess, because it covers um, as much art- as it does. Artillery, they're gunners and rock painters. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Cavalry, uh, tanks and APCs. Yeah, your, your mounted stuff, um, yeah. Riflemen. Uh, uh, no, the infantry is 
grunt. Yes. <laughs> You've got your, your artillery, your rock painters, and your your rifle, your infantry, or your rock lickers. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, engineers has probably got the biggest diversification of, yeah, of trades. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. Um, you can go into that, and you could even be uh, a well borer. You could specifically a well specifically borer. a well borer. That's a specific job. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, you've got to dig. Yeah, you've got to dig a well whenever you make. Camp, well, it's not like, they bore it. It's, yeah, they had a magnificent well bore. They had all the other minor rigs and stuff like that. But um, pretty much when they got the the big new truck, all the old stuff just got put into hibernation. Yeah, this thing could do all <laughs> of did that. It, yeah, yeah, did it all. By the time they hit. set one of those old ones up, this bloody big thing, thing could yeah. travel to where it had to go and bore yeah. these holes. It was um, Robert White. I forget the name of the truck now, but it was just three initials. But it's a huge, big eight-wheel drive truck. Yep. It had a V16 motor in it. Oh, shit. It had a V12 motor drove, drove the well border. <laughs> Holy shit. That's and, a powerhouse. Yeah. And these guys, they were based in Perth, but they travelled all around Australia. Yeah. They didn't just go willy-nilly. They would go out to outback Aboriginal settlements and yep. put water down for them. Yep. Um, okay, go to go. remote locations where there's water was needed and there was no water and put yep. water. See, that's another thing that people don't really talk about is that the other things that the Defence Force does for like that you know, yeah. humanitarian sort of aid in Indigenous areas. and, and uh, For instance, 22 Construction Squadron, or there was three, 22, 17 and uh, 21 were construction squadrons. They were on their own regiments at one stage, but they, they were downgraded to just squadrons. So instead of being this big, obviously, yeah, they were, yeah, they were, they were, they were they a third size thing. Um, I was going to say, because it was... Squadron is significantly smaller than a regiment. Yeah, like, yeah. Normally there's three squadrons to a regiment. Holy so, shit. So there's um, 22, squad, 22 construction regiment at some pace. Yeah. yeah. And it was broken up into then companies? No, no companies, into squadron, squadrons. Into a squadron. Into, yeah. Far out. Oh, well, we cover that thing later on, how what happened to there and where it went. So they had quite a big body of people, and they had to find work for them. Yeah. Um, no, you got to do something. Yeah, you had, so to, you had to put them to you use. You can't just have them sitting around so, doing nothing. Especially construction squadrons where they were meant to build things, field engineers, they they built bridges and blow them up. Yeah. The other ones went and built something. For instance, we went to Darwin and, and did a job in Darwin building things. We went to Geraldton and built something. To pack a punyal and build something. Yeah, we would travel around to different places and build stuff. But also, they would get tasks like going to uh, some place and rebuild something. Or yeah, that would be. These are the guys who get shipped off to places like Timor to rebuild places. In well, Timor they're, or no, after they're, they're another. No, and... once you leave the country, it's a different thing again. This is like going to an Aboriginal settlement in the outback where they've got no ablutions, no toilet blocks, yeah. or anything like that, and build, and build it for it. them. Yeah, that's right. And in a way, I guess it was it was probably kept quiet because if we have a natural disaster, to get the military to go and assist is a big deal. It's a huge deal, yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's, it doesn't even get approved. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at what happened during COVID and the, yep. the, the bullshit that people had to jump through to get the military involved in to help that. Yeah. Now, I mean, we have people, we, we have family members who were involved in that yep. and, and the blockade of Victoria. Um, the, the bullshit that they had to jump through to get that set up. Yep. There's... there's I, I got my own theories behind all that thing and I got my own opinions on that sort of thing and it's I think I'm sort of like valid in what I say. But these other things, they were under the radar, I think, for that reason, so that yeah. it didn't become political or diplomatic. Or I suppose, like yeah, that. if it it's, comes out that, you know, oh, you've got these guys building toilets for the yeah. Indigenous um, settlements out in the bush but you can't come and help 
clean mm. up a flood. Now, for 18 months, I worked in Perth on the SAS magazine, the storage for ammunition yeah. and weapons. A massive big concrete bunker under the ground. Yeah. Now, that was supposed to be done by Public Works, but... Why? Well, because that's, that's the type of work it was. Right. It wasn't something for us to do. That was a big construction job that should have gone to Public Works, should have gone to Tender and to Public Works. But because of some individuals in the Army who persisted and fought for it, we got the contract to do yeah. it. And without a doubt, it cost more for us to do it than it would have cost... Apart- uh, yeah, I care right, Because we weren't used to doing that type of work, so we had to learn how to do that type of work yeah. on, on the fly. Not that we did a bad job. We did a great job. Oh, yeah. We did a brilliant again. job. Um, we were still supervised by civilian engineers and, yeah. and public works, but we actually did the labour work, and we were all tradesmen. Yeah. Everybody who worked Yeah, everybody was that was involved was still yeah. a tradesperson. And like, we'll talk about that stuff later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at times we did stuff like that. When we went to Darwin to do the job up there, this, during Cyclone Tracy there was a couple of fabricated steel sheds that had blown away. When we arrived there, the three concrete slabs were still there. The building was the long gone. The buildings long. were gone, yeah. So we built new buildings that were cyclone-proof. Yeah. And we had to work in conjunction with Lysart and engineers to develop a method of building these things so they're cyclone-proof. And yeah. it was quite technical. And yeah. you know, we spent three months up there and did that. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting that 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 was when you did it. After Cyclone Tracy. Well, it was a long time after Cyclone Tracy. It's just yeah. that it took that long for it to get round to the point where the army decided to rebuild those sheds. Well, not only that, but it was a case of it took that sort of time frame before things were being built post-Cyclone to be built Cyclone-proof. Well, because there was nothing there that didn't matter. And it wasn't a priority building. The buildings weren't... I mean, I mean in general, like the, that, that area oh. of Australia in general... Oh look! Again, it's, there's that's a lot of things that occurred in that that part I'd, of Australia. because I was because I was a tradesman and everything else. When we were in Darwin, I looked around at construction that was up there. I'd do it wherever I go. I'll look at the construction, yeah, absolutely. But I paid particular attention up there and looked at the the way they built their houses up there for cyclone proofing, and it was because I had some background on a cyclone Tracy, uh, a sergeant I knew. He worked up there during it. Told me all about it and. Um, the one thing that surprised me was there was a fridge in the side of a concrete water tank and he told me what to look out for and on the way from the airport out to the barracks we drove past this thing and fucking sure as shit there was a hole in this concrete tank with a fridge in it way 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 up in the air fucking hell so poor Darwin cop has copter hiding in his lifetime yeah and when we get to Darwin, we'll talk about that and the book that we're reading now. Yes, we have just finished Darwin. reading a book yeah. about the bombing yeah. of Darwin. We'll cover that one. I'm, I'm very interested to hear your opinions on that. Yeah. that was. Yeah. I just need a little bit oh, more time to read mate, that book and we'll discuss that book. That We might actually just do a whole episode yeah, on, on just that on book. that book. Yeah. That, That's mind-blowing, that thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That really did my head yeah. in that book. Yep. So, as apprentices, our apprenticeship consisted of theory work. Yep. And basically that was our main part because when we would go to Sydney, we'd do the practical part. So for two years we were doing a theory work, which included building models of things. We built a classroom. I've got photos of that too I'll put up. The classroom we built was where they nailed me to the scaffold. Cut it yeah. Down. We built a garage. Now there was married quarters over there and every year each class involved in there built a garage at the married quarters because they never had one. 
Oh. So the job would be to go around there and build a garage. Build a garage for as the part house. of that house. Uh, and so, so the houses were already established. The houses were already established. Yeah. They were they were built long, 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 long time ago. They were originals, but they never ever had garages. So part of the uh, our training every year, the the two first year classes would go and build a garage. Yeah. Uh, so there'd be two more new garage garages at this place over there, all exactly the same, all yeah, identical. Of course. Um, I'm just trying to think, uh, like. I mean, married, there's, there'd obviously be quite a number of married quarters yeah, there's, available. There is. I've got an aerial photo that we will put up. I think I might have already put it in there, but it's very hard to tell. Yeah, it's, right, okay. Unless we can get the right format up on the photo and that, um, it's hard to zoom in. Instagram's a pain right, for format. If you yeah. don't conform to their format, it's yeah, going to look like garbage. A, so. yeah, it's got to zoom in on, yeah. um, on it to see because... Uh, even I got surprised when I looked at it from the air. There's a couple of spots there. I'm going, oh, hang on. When you, That was part of the apprentice school. When you take that into the shape of the whole place, shit, it was huge. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's now, I'm now getting, it's a suburb. I'm getting a feeling for how big this place yeah. was. Like, yeah. It's a whole suburb. My comprehension of the Army Apprentice School is like, it was completely wrong. Like, mm. had doing this is a, like my understanding of what this was and how big it was and the, the what was involved in it. Is just, I was completely wrong, yep. very wrong. It's, and that's being somebody who's like grown up listening to you talk about it my entire life. Like, yep. yeah, something I noticed when I was looking at this picture was that the the creek that runs through the place. Yeah, and when we did the cross country and we had to jump into the coal one there, yeah, it was fairly deep and fairly wide. Yet, probably 400, 500 meters up there, it was nowhere near as big a stream. And that was where Pete Moore used to go fishing for eels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what was the go with fishing for eels? So where where Pete come from, Colac in Victoria, that makes Buller ice cream that I love. Oh, really? <laughs> there you yeah. go. Um, his father was, I think, adopted. Yep. And his father learned all this stuff. So he taught Pete how to hunt, how to do yep. ferrets and shooting and trapping and everything. And fishing for eels. So that seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pete, used, you, you only go on a stormy night. For some unknown reason, you only go on a stormy night. I don't understand the principle behind it, but he used to only go on a stormy night. So, every bloody... Blowing a gale and thunder blowing a gale, tomorrow. Lightning galore. If and not raining, go ready to rain. In the river. And he used to go down there and he'd fish for his eels. And he used to come back with a pile of eels, and then he'd gut them and clean them out in the in the toilet block, and then because we didn't wait have in any, the communal toilet block, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And be, because we didn't have anything to cook them on, he used to use a hexamine stove, which is just a little it's a little tablet burner stove. Tablet oh burner my god! And the steel canteen that comes with your water bottle thing, and that, and he'd be out there with condensed butter. And buddy cooking up these bloody eels and eating them on his own out in there. And yeah, he can <laughs> fucking have that. That's <laughs> disgusting. So when you go from the inside of our building to the uh, toilet block, you used to go through one single single hung door. Yeah. And that would be the little hallway then with the two dongers off there. And then you go for a set of double doors to yeah. the toilet block. And there was a walkway through there to come go outside. And then there was another doors that went into the toilet. In the shower. Into the shower block. 
Now that'd all be shot. Yeah, because <laughs> it used to fucking stink. stink. <laughs> and he would be out there on his He's own. He's catching fucking mud eels, <laughs> cooking them up over a hexy stove. <laughs> fucking Jesus. Yeah. And in the meantime, <laughs> we would go down and break in down at the mess and, and we'd cook up five or six loaves of bread <laughs> on the toaster. Um, Why? We're hungry. <laughs> five or six loaves of loaves of bread. Well, you didn't do it for one. You did it for everybody because okay, once somebody realised that realize everybody doing, turned yeah. up and then the next day you'd face the consequences of breaking into the mess, <laughs> toasting five loaves of bread and stealing all the condensed butter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, it's a breakfast, certainly fucking not toast. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have these massive great big toasters to do it like yeah. on bread to go. Um, and at one stage there, we even had the com- the continuous ones. Yep. And you just keep loading yep. them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You keep spinning those, it out. <laughs> those continuous toasters are wild. We, we got a couple of those at uh, different scout halls. Mm. Those things are great. We never, ever broke into the kitchen part. No, which, kitchen is a holy sanctuary. It, you didn't have to break into it. It was open. It was just the Bay Marie servery area that it was yeah, a U-shape. No. You didn't have to go. But we never went in there. We only took what we could find on the other side. Yep. And normally that would be condensed butter on the table and sometimes you might find the jam and yep. some other condiments. Because yep. all the tables in the mess, they seated 10 people. There was four down each side and one on each one end. One on each end, yep. And they all had exactly the same condiments. There'd yep. be sugar bowls, there'd be bloody... Yep. Tomato sauce, barbecue sauce. Um, there was always mint sauce. Always. There might be something else missing, but there was always mint sauce. <laughs> mint sauce only goes on lamb. How often were you eating lamb? Like, well, maybe that's why there was always mint <laughs> sauce. You never there, had it. Nobody ever used it. <laughs> but, but of all the condiments, it was, and it, you know, that, that table that seats four down side, yeah. it's on top. The condiments mean a big line right the way, right down, the the way table. down the middle of the table. <laughs> So if you were at one end and needed something that it was at the other end, did you have duplicates of it or was it no, only, no, just that just one, line, one of line of stuff? But every table is exactly the same. And and somebody and they would have been civilians doing that, would go down, change the tablecloth, um, and then put this line of stuff. A line there. of shit down the middle of it, including <laughs> the lamb sauce. Mint sauce. The mint sauce. <laughs> that you don't and need because you're not having lamb. So for for some unknown reason, sheets were the same size as tablecloths. Same material, same size. They're just using ta- they're just using sheets for your tablecloth. They just yeah, because sometimes you would notice that you had a sheet as your tablecloth. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> I'm assuming they've all been washed with steel. <laughs> yeah, they've all been the commercial laundry. And all that. <laughs> <laughs> they all go into one big machine. And they all come out and they just go right half there and half there. We're sitting at tea one night and one of the guys goes. Oh, fuck, that's a cum stain. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't want to say anything, but yes, that's, <laughs> that was the first thing that ran through my head. <laughs> that's how we discovered we were using the bed for the tablecloths. Yuck. That's fucked up. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. So something we, we just a little bit touched on, but we didn't carry on. Getting punished, CB, confined to barracks. Oh, okay, right. So CB, so, confined so to barracks. Right confined yeah. to barracks. So con- confined to barracks would be 14 days CB and a $40 fine. 
Two weeks. Yeah. Now, and a little was, more than two was, weeks. That a little was, less than two that weeks. That was a maximum. Was 14 and 40. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, that's yeah. a maximum. And bear in mind, $40 fine then. We're only getting $65 a fortnight. And 40, 40 of that was for to cover costs. No, sorry, sorry. $65 of what we were earning was going to that. And right. It was, I, I think we're around 125 Around 120 Might be wrong there. A but month? A fortnight. A fortnight. Yeah. Wow. But I know more than half went in r and Yeah, so, it went into your, yeah, your housing yeah, and yeah. your food. and your, So our first pay yeah. we got down there was $15. And I think that was close to a fortnight's pay then. Yeah. $15. Because when we got paid the next time, $65 disappeared for R&Q. Yep. And there, was, there wasn't much more than that left over. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing you could do with in the Army was you make an allotment. The army would automatically take money out of your pay. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and pay. yeah, yeah. So salary sacrifice. No, 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 kind no, of. No, no. So if you were trying to save money or you're trying yeah. to pay something off, yeah, mine it was paying off my car, so yeah. I had an automatic allotment to, that went to the bank yeah. to pay. And the, the army would transfer that to the bank yep. and everything. I had nothing. Didn't have to worry about it whatsoever. Yep. So I got the bright idea: if they're going to find me forty dollars, and I've got an allotment, they can't touch me allotments. <laughs> so I a lot all my pay. <laughs> They can't take any money. <laughs> Turns out there's a yeah. maximum you can allot for that exact reason. Yep. yep. You had to have money left in. You had in to be paid cash fine. in case you got fined. Uh, and they didn't so mind doing pay plans to pay off your debt. There's <laughs> so somebody else that had the genius idea yeah. that you had and they, yep. working and they worked yeah. it out. So, um, so I got... I got more more than my share of confined to barracks throughout my period of time in the army. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> now, after confined to barracks, there is, on severe occasions, you used to go to, to jail, army jail. Oh, wow, okay. And I never knew one person that did. He was an army apprentice, and he was a, a real big farm boy, and the sergeant we had at that time was scared of him. Yeah. And he deliberately had him locked up for one day, 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It was just to put the wind up him. He, he this sergeant is generally scared of his size. And yeah, right. It, that's it's the only way. How he big could, was he? He was six foot something tall, but he was a farm boy. Yeah, right. Like, so he, is he built. used he used to not drive the D eight bulldozer around the farm. He used to carry it around. <laughs> yeah, right. Plow behind <laughs> it. Um, do you know what a more a Morse tapered drill is? Nope. A Morse tapered drill. You put a drill bit in it, but it doesn't have a, a chuck or anything. It's a tapered thing and the bit fits in and the more you drill the tighter the chuck is because it's pushed to take yeah in. right okay typically for driving big drill bits yep i've seen guys try to operate that and it's jammed and they've spun around on it yeah. right they just held it and away it goes it just goes through it doesn't yeah, yeah right he was a very very strong boy um and meek and mild as anything but had a bad temper once he cracked it and yeah, it took a right lot um, he, okay, so he, he managed his temper well, but when it yeah. did go off, he went he, off um, like a rocket. He told us a story of uh, working on his father's farm, driving the D8. Yeah. They, that's how they ploughed the field, with the D8. With the D8. They towed, towed the plough. It was that big a plough, towed it with the D8. And he said, yeah, I was wearing the kidney belt and everything the old man told me to do. And he said, no, I got the shits with it. So he said, I just stopped in the middle of the paddock and got out. And the old man wanted to give me a hide, and so I did me nana. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, he, he persevered until he, he couldn't take it anymore and yep. then he did his nana. Yeah, so, did his nana. And I never ever saw him do his nana. Yeah, right. Yeah, and not in all the time I knew him, he yeah. only the story told me. But um yeah, he got he got sent out there and he come back and he was petrified. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. And 
they took him strings to pull because he was only just old enough to go. Yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> Shit. They, it's it's joint services, or it was. It used to be then. It used to be joint services. Oh, so this is a prison compound off-site. Yeah, yeah, this is, this Whoa, is, yeah, this is, this was okay. a, this is a prison just for Defence Force, and it was run by joint services, so you might get a Navy officer on duty there that hates your guts because you're Army, yep. and give you the worst jobs in the world, and it, fucking hell, you know, that's you know, Yeah, you've heard of paint the rocks, turn them over, and paint yeah, the other side, again, and then turn yeah. it back and change the colour and all yeah. that sort of thing, Robbo was doing that, he cut the grass with a pair of um, fingernail clippers. Fuck. Yeah, this place, they they give him a hell of a time. And it was all all set up, I think. It was all deliberately to, Just to put, put the, the wind, wind up, up him. Because yeah. this, this yeah, detective yeah. was fucking terrified yeah. of him. Yeah. So, that's, um, that's terrible. But we were army apprentices back this time. And I got um, I got charged a couple of times and had to do CB. So CB would consist of a couple of different things. So your day would start first thing in the morning. You would have to report to the guard room. You would be, depending on what your day was, for instance, there, trade didn't start till 8 o'clock, so I would have to turn up at guard room at 6 o'clock in the morning, dressed, ready to go to trade, Yep. and for two hours I would do whatever the duty sergeant wanted me to do, be it cleaning, yep. and drill, or whatever, and he would tell you beforehand what you need to bring with you to do. Yep. Then during the day you were at trade, then you knocked off at 4 o'clock, so at uh, half past 4 you had to be at the guard room again, dressed, ready for the day. And you do again whatever the duty sergeant wanted you to do for till yeah, ten o'clock that night. You were laid oh, off to go for oh, your meals. For dinner, yeah. Yeah, you go and go for your meals. Well, we used to have to do say maybe an hour's drill, and they'd tell you what you turn up in, and you, you could turn up in your, your service dress if you had it, um, or whatever uniform yeah, right he specified, right? And then you'd turn up, and if you had to turn up in with your rifle. He'd have already made arrangements, and you'd have to pick up your pick rifle up your from rifle the armory. So yep. whoever's opening the armory up and then closing it for you would have the shits with you. Yeah, because you had to fucking... Yeah. They had to wait around for you. would go and you do your drill parade, and he would stand there, and like a, a regular soldier doing drill, he'd be calling out marching orders, and it'd be, as, it'd be at this speed. Left turn, right turn, mark time, quick march, right turn, about turn, left turn, Whoa. forward, slow march. And that would be what is it? And it'd be bang, bang, bang for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing all that. And they didn't like doing it, but they had to do it. Yeah, I bet they didn't like doing it because they fucking wasted their time. Yeah. That's the only problem with CB is not only does it, it, pun- does it, it punishes everybody, everybody you do get You do get the sarcastic ones that think it's great stuff. Yeah, yeah well, okay, yeah. fair enough. But um, still, like, yeah. then the ones who are taking enjoyment out of it aren't the ones who should be doing CB. There'd be emu bobs, emu bobs yeah, picking yep, up rubbish. Yep, all that walking a big straight you know, line. You might turn up at 6 o'clock in the morning and they say, right, oh, here's a garbage bin, come back when it's full. Yeah, right. On. So you just wander around picking up rubbish till it's full. Yeah. Or, or you just go to the nearest garbage bin and empty it into it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good Yes, point. that happened. Oh, my God. You really did scare me away out of a lot of stuff. You mentioned uh, emu bobs before you go on. You I've seen one emu bob done that was a punishment. <laughs> it was while we were in Scouts. One of the guys was being a dick and uh, got in trouble and was told, no, you're going to have to do an emu bob of the campground. But it was just him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him <laughs> up and back and up and back and up and back. <laughs> one of our one of our weekends cleaning up, we developed the emu bob pattern. <laughs> We'd line up 
And we go diagonal, we go straight, we diagonal the other way, here, there, random. And okay, be, that's not what we used to be, do. Uh, seven paces, on you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you turn, you march in different direction. <laughs> I suppose that's what emus do. And it was it was precision marching, really. We just <laughs> everywhere. And then when you finish, you go, oops, we forgot to pick stuff up. <laughs> you were too busy Too busy worrying about how to... <laughs> uh, no, okay, and we used so... to go around going, emu, bob. Emu, bob. <laughs> that's it. Okay, that one's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the other things you had to do was the best of all. It's called dress parades. Yep. So... If, when you had to start doing dress parades, <clears throat> normally that would start straight after tea, so about 6.30. There, there might be more than one on on CB. Um, I think one yep. stage there, there was about six of us. So we'd be from different parts all over the Army yep. uh, Apprentice School. Now, there was a varying distances from the guard room yeah. to the different units. So the first change parade might be a simple one, might be change the sports gear. Yep. Sand shoes, socks. Runners, uh, shorts, and a singlet. And a singlet, yeah. PT gear. And you say, you've got 15 minutes. So you've got to go back to your room, get changed, and, Whoa, get, and get back to the guard fuck. room. Right? So you get back to the guard room, and you'd see who was the slowest. Yep. And ask them where they were from. Yep. And he'd know where all the different places were they had to yep. go to. And that would judge the amount of time you had to get to do things. And then he'd lessen the time. Oh. Okay, so you've got 12 minutes. Back to back here in twelve minutes time in service dress. So you got to race back to your room. Yep. Get changed. Get changed. Come, come back. back be, be in inspection order. Yep. And then you go. Okay, very good, right? You've got ten minutes. Be back in battle dress. Holy! You know, race back shit. to your room. Get changed. Somebody wouldn't get back on time, so that would set the benchmark. Yep. So it would. You do the same time again. Yeah, and you would do that time again until and again you, until because that was the benchmark. It. Holy shit! It would be less than less time than you needed to do it. But what you had to wear got difficult. Yeah, we. Yeah, so, I can imagine going from PT to battle dress, yeah. then battle dress to, to yep. uh, ceremonial. Is so a you big can imagine difference. you don't go back to your room and take the uniform out and put the other one away. No, you know? guys will be waiting for you. Yep. And you'd yell out, service dress. They would tear your locker to pieces, get everything out that you needed, and they would dress Jesus you. Jesus Christ. They would rip, they'd rip the other stuff off you and give you, and dress you, and you'd be like a race car can't pull in for a tight chain, mate. <laughs> Pit stop yeah. and you you're and uniform. You're, <laughs> you're going in. And so it wasn't just, again, here we come back to, CB just wasn't you, it was yes. everybody. Yes, everybody pitched in to help. Holy shit. And that was, this is a that's com- funny. This is teamwork. Com- yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 that's very cool. So that's this a, is brilliant. That's a bonding experience like no other than that. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. We, we did this till 10 o'clock at night. That's crazy. One, one time the sergeant says, this is Judy Sergeant says, okay, so it's nearly lights out. So I guess we better be ready for bed. Why don't you back here in 10 minutes in pyjamas ceremonial? <laughs> <laughs> There's no such a thing as no, pyjamas no ceremonial. Pyjamas ceremonial. <laughs> so we sprints back to the room and I'm running up to the room and the guy said, what is this time? Pyjamas ceremonial. <laughs> Everything just went dead quiet. <laughs> What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> I arrived back at the guard room with 
black belt polished brass, <laughs> spit polished boots, pajamas, and a tie. <laughs> Where's your fucking hat? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! What makes that the best part is that there is—he had no idea what you guys were coming. Oh, back he did. He—it was a joke. He was—he got a fucking laugh and a half. Oh, I fucking bet he did. The whole fucking guard room was pissed <laughs> laughing because we all turned up in yeah. something different. <laughs> That's what I mean. He giving that order—he had no idea what you guys were going to come back in, but. Oh, he knew you guys were going to do your fucking best, but he still picked something to, to complain about. Oh, fucking a good... So then, by the time you get back to your room, it's dark, yeah, lights it are out. out yeah. You're going to pack your locker away. Yeah. And it's going to be ready for inspection in the morning. In the morning, so here you go. Oh, fuck. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fucking brilliant. Yep. That's a that's a fun punishment. I would oh. enjoy that as CB. Oh, mate, and that's why I say running was my thing, and... I know as fit as. Yeah, absolutely. We, you, it like wasn't. What had it been? It had been a kilometre to the from the guard room. You were to, running a kilometre. No, I was sprinting. Fuck. I was sprinting a kilometre back to the barracks. At the changed. bench line for whatever it was, yeah, getting and changed and sprinting back. Well, maybe, back. Maybe seven hundred metres. Under a kilometre, yeah, but it was close just to. under a kilometre. Yeah, close to a kilometre. But yeah, I would sprint that down, get changed, and sprint back. Not to mention, and you couldn't come in puffing. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, the other side of it is you're running your heart out to get there on time. You're going to sweat your fucking ass off doing it. You're getting your uniforms and stuff <laughs> filthy in the yeah, process. So, so, so then you've got to wash your uniforms. That's all going to be laundry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so such a fun, that's such so a fun we gag. Had, um, we had two sets of polyesters, short sleeve and long sleeve. We had... Short pants and long pants in polyester shorts, er, pants. No, so we didn't get the shorts till we went to Townsville. Um, we had three sets of greens. We had one battle dress, and if you had it, one service dress. Yep. Um, two sets of sports gear. I like how you keep adding if you had it, like yeah. it was a common thing to <laughs> not have it. No, 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 no it was only for me. You were, you were the exception to the yep. rule. I was the exception. <laughs> yep. I, I made sure of that. Okay, so what if he called out ceremonial for you? Well, he did, and I come back in battle dress. He said, that's not ceremonial dress. I said, I don't own it. He said, I don't believe you. And he's going to punish me because I didn't come, you didn't back, come back in the right way. And, and it took my sergeant the next day to convince him that I didn't have it because I was a shitbag looking at the <laughs> He said, you looked like a bag of potatoes tied in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like a bag of potatoes tied in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Moyle had great expressions. Oh, yeah, that's great. He said to, said to Brett and Scott Harris one time, we're driving in the bus and we're all ogling all the girls in the side of the road and whistling and carrying on like idiots. And Jimmy Moore turns to Brett Harris said, For fuck's sake, Harris, if she took her pants off and you saw her twat, you'd throw your fucking hat at it and fucking run crying. <laughs> and he goes, Yeah, I wouldn't stick my pretty dick in that. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Moore fucking collapsed. <laughs> Come out with a fucking number ten and yep. he got one come up. back with a fucking twenty. Yeah, he fucking one up in something shocking. Oh, I wouldn't stick my pretty thing in that. Oh shit! <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, let's call that one there because it's getting fucking hot in this room. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> our sound room doesn't have air conditioning. No, it doesn't. What have we done? Uh, yeah, we're we're, we're 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 coming into summer and we yeah we've, we've picked very poorly on yeah, this we, one. We, we, we need, need to readjust this. <laughs> We'll have to work this one we'll, out. We'll have to come up with an alternate plan. But 
we, we, I'm starting to struggle to come up with stories for uh, the apprentice school now, so I think when we come back, we might move, move on. on to something. Yeah, right. Um, I'm sure we'll we can always come back. Absolutely. But, I, I'm um, quite confident that yeah. we'll, we'll be moving backwards and forwards. It's just suffice to say that two years at the Army Apprentice School was amazing. Yeah, it sounds, it really it does amazing. sound like, yeah. yeah. There is things, we haven't talked about going to Canungra. We talked a bit about Canungra. Did we talk? How much did we talk about? Oh, uh, we did. No, we covered Canungra. We, we Canungra, covered Canungra yeah. and yeah, going to the, the. I was just thinking then, the flight is a big thing during my career. But yeah, we've we've covered flying. I want to talk hurt. about other things like what your teachers were like. I want to talk oh. about things like uh, other exercises you guys went on. We can cover off more holidays that you did during well, that I think time we, frame. I, like we, we didn't do a lot of. Um, the only other thing I can think we did like exercise type stuff was to go to Sale in Victoria. We spent a few days there doing some work for the local town. We pulled down an old mine head. Oh. And the mine head was made of 16-inch by 16-inch Oregon beams that were too long for a semi-trailer. Yeah, right. Semi-trailer. What did you do with them? We don't know. They went off. They they were taken down for somebody. Whoever organised it wanted the timber. Yeah, fair enough. Um, So our job was to pull it down as apprentices and... um, we we bush camped there and pulled it down and then went back home. And yeah, right. I couldn't even tell you what sale looks like. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So that and Canungra, and, and I don't think we did anything else. I know, and I can't talk about it because I didn't go, but on one of our school holiday things, we had the opportunity, if we wanted, to go to Tasmania. Um, there was, I think, a, a, about a dozen or so guys chose to go on it. So Army Adventure Training, we used to call it. Did a trip all around Tasmania, yep. east coast and west coast, all through the whole thing. For so they, they travelled like travelled as um, as army as soldiers through that area. So yep. they they camped army style. They they used army vehicles and travelled and went to wild and wacky places and that. Yep. Didn't do the touristy thing and travelled all around Tasmania for two years and that was all paid for. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. Um, so that was trip across on the ferry. Yep. Trip back on the ferry. They driving all around the place. So, those things were available when you couldn't get home because it was it was it was considered unfair that guys that lived in Western Australia yeah, had to go home. Yeah, and, that's um, right. If it was Christmas holidays, now, so only once a year you're entitled to travel. The other two times you weren't entitled to travel. You you found your own way. Yep. They would do things like put you on buses because it was bulk transport and take you to the nearest capital city. Yep. But after that, it was your problem. But if you were Going on Christmas holidays, they not only paid you to go home, you got paid travel time as well. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah. this is where the infamous travel. Yeah, so this is where I used into. to milk the thing. Yeah. I had three months Christmas holiday one year. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about that. Was that during the apprentice? That wasn't during the apprentice school, no. No, no, no. That, that was, was a while uh, away. Yeah, that was another. That was another three months. I guess I know of the I know of the days travel for for leave scam. It just Didn't so happened that. that my next of kin always lived the, the furthest place yeah. in Australia than, Correct. <laughs> than where I was Correct. at. Correct. <laughs> oh, based in Townsville? Yeah, no, nearest kin is in Perth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that entitled me to nine days each way travel. And by That's sitting ridiculous. down with a calendar and correct public holidays marked on it. Yep. Bearing in mind state boundaries. Yes. And sitting down with a very good company clerk and plotting it. 
you could maximise that out. And I got yep. th- for twenty days leave. You got three months. I got three months. Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck! That was my best coup ever. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking brilliant. Three months leave for twenty days off. Far yep. out. That's a dream. That and, is. And that all started because that company clerk was such a good guy. He was a staff sergeant. I put my leave application in and he took one look and he said, oh, fuck. He said, nobody's ever taught you, have they? I said, taught me what? He said, oh, sit down. So we, we sat down and he showed me how to rig how it. How to rig it, yeah. And that absolutely. was that one. That wasn't the one I got. No, to, no, no, the, no, no. He showed me what to do. And from then on, I would spend hours and hours and hours plotting it. Yeah, Things like yeah. if you got, if you got um, four days travel time and you elected to start your leave on Friday... Saturday, Sunday would be counted as travel time. Yeah, that's right. So you always start. So always start your, ho- your, your travel, your holidays on the Monday, then you get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is travel time. Yep. Friday, Friday is one day out of 20. Yep. Then you get Saturday, Sunday off, and then... Yep. <laughs> you know, and then you pick all your public holidays. Yep. And, and you line and everything, you line everything up, up. And you can get block, blocks and of time at, off. At, at the correct calendar years... You can get there huge was, blocks There was off. extra high public yeah. holidays involved. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I remember it was only a few years ago, Easter and Anzac Day all just happened to line up that I took three days off work and got two weeks holiday. Yeah, exactly. Like, There's the exact no. same reason. Exactly. Yeah. Reason. Your public holidays. We still, I, still, I do it all the time. When it comes to Easter, like we go to Melbourne every year for the comedy festival yeah. and you line everything all up so that your minimum yeah. number of days off yep. gets you the maximum amount of time yep. away. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. And yeah. just for those listening... Sean's mentioned dragon skin quite a few times. Dragon skin is a scouting adventure. It so is, yes. We can explain that later, but just so you know now, it's a scouting thing that they do. Yeah. It's four days over Easter, and it's some of the best fun I ever had in scouting. Yeah, because kids are looking after kids. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably dangerous, but, you know, whatever. There's adult supervision. Well, there's, m- yeah, there's some minimal adult, minimal adult Some of the adults are still kids themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, people, thank you very much. If you're listening, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. If you want to get in touch with us, we have an email address. It's iremembewhenpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to see the pictures that we keep talking about that we upload, we have an Instagram. It's iremembewhenpodcast uh, on Instagram. See you next time. 